swinging free kick and a chance here for Kelly. He scored! David Kelly! Trackman a level against all the odds! Jennings. There's the kick. Scoreboards! This is Buxton, away from Backinson, this is Pringle, now Caprice, Caprice with the cross, the header, it's in, it's Conor Jennings! Okay, welcome to another episode of the uh, This Is Tramway podcast. Isolation interviews, there's, there's uh, new football to talk about, which is getting me down a little bit. Um, we've got a uh, guest on the other end of the line. Um, it's the uh, the Tramway correspondent for the Liverpool Echo, it's Tom Cavilla. Nice for you to join us, Tom. Thank you very much for your time, mate. Thanks for having me on. Um, so, um, how is isolation treating you, Tom? I know you're in sort of self-isolation at the minute. I am, yeah. My um, flatmate has symptoms, so I'm currently self-isolating and uh, not allowed outside at the minute. So it's been interesting, but get through it eventually, I think. So can't do much. In terms of sort of uh, being a journalist at, at times like this, I'm, not, I'm guessing it's frustrating. Well, it's obviously a frustrating period for for us fans wanting to to watch the matches and yourself having to try and find. Copies um, must must be must be one of the most difficult things. Yeah, it, it has been hard actually. Um, obviously, a lot of the things you would do normally would be face to face interviews, that kind of thing, for a lot of stories. So um, that's obviously completely taken out of the equation. But you can still do them, obviously, like we are via the phone, that kind of thing. But it's not quite the same. A lot of the time, it just makes it a bit more difficult. Um, and obviously with no games on, you kind of lose that sort of talking point you could have about a game or a player. Um, and yeah, it does really challenge you to kind of come up with some ideas really about just things that would last as well because no one knows how long this will go on for as well. So it is very difficult to find things to sort of last that period of time too. Yeah, absolutely. read the piece that you did with um, with Liam Rydalge about the, the kind of the lockdown and Obviously, for the players, not being able to train as a team, yeah. obviously not being able to leave home, they're having to do their fitness in terms of you know what equipment or whatever they've got at home and the, the kind of the space they might have in the garden and etc. Must be having spoken to Liam, I'm guessing it's sort of a, a tricky period for for the players as well. Yeah, I think it would be. Yeah, I mean, well, for their careers based around just well running around for ninety minutes every Saturday, so. I would imagine it's been very difficult for them as well. Um, like you say, Liam sort of shed some light on 
how difficult it's been. Um, I know he was saying that it's been very hard for him, sort of trying to keep busy, and they do their um, sort of uh, plans that Hodgie has set out for them, fitness coach. But it's um, once you've done that, you're sort of out of things to do, and it doesn't sort of last very long as well. It maybe be only be one or two hours doing that, so. Um, it must be difficult for them to keep busy. I know he said that the players are all keeping in touch, um, sort of on social media, WhatsApp, that kind of thing. But said to Liam as well, it must be really frustrating for him personally because of all the injury problems he's had and the amount of time he's spent sort of not playing football. So to be up, to be out again, even though it's nothing to do with him this time. So uh, yeah, he did sort of say that that's been another sort of bad side to what's going on but um, yeah he he was quite open about it and was just basically saying yeah we're all in the same boat so uh, they can't really complain too much about it yeah and it's obviously it's not knowing when it's going to get started if it's going to get restarted again it's, it's hard to kind of not so much physically perhaps but mentally sort of getting back into the, the mindset that yeah we we've, we've, might have a game in two or three weeks time I mean, at the moment, it's just everything's so up in the air. Yeah. Um, I think, like you were saying before, as well about Tramney, in Tramney's case, it's even more of a blow given the run they were on, uh, the three wins in a row. So you do wonder whether, if the football did come back, whether they'd still have that momentum with them or other teams might be getting some players back from injuries now, that kind of thing. And very hard to predict how it would kind of affect this team differently when it does return or if it does return um, I still think that it will come back I, I don't think they can sort of abandon it at this stage of the season I mean it would be the, the amount of problems that would cause not just in League One but across all the leagues so we've already seen what sort of the outrage it's caused in the lower leagues that have had that null and void decision come through so I think it would be just be better for them to sort of try and finish it whenever it's possible to do that. And then if that means next season is delayed, then, then so be it, really. Yeah, absolutely. Just our luck that uh, we started to uh, finally win some games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then it all gets cancelled. But anyway, there we go. That's uh, that's charming for you. <laughs> um, well, let's, let's talk about your kind of involvement with the club, uh, Tom. And obviously you became the the... Tramney correspondent, or that, that's kind of like your, your primary sort of task with the Echo. Yeah. Um, how did it all come about that you sort of took took the position? Um, well, so, so I started it last season, obviously August 2018 it was, so prior to that I'd been doing work on the sports desk at the Echo for about a year. Um, that was just sort of um, voluntary work, so I was doing Liverpool-Everton and I did a couple of Tramlier stories as well. Um, that was sort of the first period of about a year. And then it sort of just came up that there was an, an opportunity to cover it on a full-time basis. Um, so obviously I've jumped at that and, and haven't looked back, I guess. And it's been a, yeah, it's been really enjoyable covering Tramlier, to be honest. It's been quite a whirlwind <laughs> journey so far. And I've, I've missed half of it as well. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you, you kind of uh, adopted the club, if you like. Yeah, yeah, it's um, no, it's been really good. I mean, 
on the whole, it's been quite uh, everyone I sort of dealt with has been quite easy to deal with. Um, and watching Tranmere has been well, last, especially last season was well, winning every game at some point. So um, yeah, and to get to go to Wembley as well was a really good experience last season. Uh, it's been a bit more difficult this year with that run they were on, but obviously they came through that in the end with those three wins. So that was we were just getting to the the, uh, the really enjoyable part of the, the good run coming together. But <laughs> what can we do about that? So no, it's been good. Yeah. So in terms of the the day to day sort of side of things, so how how does it work with the FK? Is it sort of just attending matches, press conferences? What about sort of in between that? How how have you sort of plan your week out? Uh, so, yeah, so the position that I do with the family reporting, it's, so I go to the press conferences every week and obviously all the games as well, but um, that's sort of what the remit of it is really. It's, it's mainly attending the, the press conference and and the games um, in terms of other content. I do, I do sort of do other things, some interviews with players, uh, every now and again, or with Mark Palios, that kind of thing. Um, but generally, it's just the games and the uh, press conference. But like I said, I do try and do sort of some different things, like interviews with players and the chairman, to just just keep providing different articles. Really, I know the I know the Echo took a bit of criticism during the sort of the, a bit of the non-league period, where there wasn't mm. maybe as much coverage as. Well, I guess Chamber fans have been used to really. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, not even a you know a preview on, on you know the day the day of the game and things like that. Mm. How much kind of pressure did you feel taking out over the role with obviously with not much coverage in prior to you, the the club getting back into the football league and was. Was it part of the, the remit to kind of um, you know, increase the, the coverage that the club gets? Uh, I, that was something I was aware of, yeah, before I started it. Um, I did. I was aware of that, that sort of thing had been happening uh, in non-league, uh, which was a shame, really. And I wanted to try, and that wasn't sort of when I started, the, they didn't sort of say you need to try and get the coverage back to where it was, but I sort of took it on me to try and to try and sort of provide as much as I could really in that sense. Um, and that's why I've always tried to do as much as I can really regarding the interviews. Um, just just something a bit different every now and again, just to keep fans interested, different things to read, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I can understand why fans may have been obviously annoyed at the lack of coverage um, in the last few years, but I'm hoping it's sort of getting to a better point where we're at now and hopefully can, can keep getting better as well. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely, definitely is and you're doing, a, you're doing a good job not just saying that because you're on the end of the field. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, sort of picking up, I mean, even the, the promotion stuff that was, you know, we had, the, I think it was an eight-page spread, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last season, which obviously we would never have thought otherwise, but... Um, yeah, so so two years, well, coming up to the end of the the two seasons, hopefully. Yeah. Um, covering the club, what's what's been your highlights and maybe some of the the lowlights as well over that sort of eighteen month period or so? Well, I think the obvious one, <laughs> I think everyone knows what that's going to be. Um, 
yeah, it's going to be Wembley reporting on that. The game, uh, Wembley, the win. Uh, I think it would be difficult for that not to be the, the highest point. Um, <laughs> in terms of that, I think there's a few other games that sort of stand out for me as well, just sort of looking back at it. Um, I just I was looking back at some of the games actually the last few days. Um, obviously, being in self isolation, you've got to keep busy somehow. So I've been I was just looking back at some of the games from last season, um, and I think some of the ones that sort of stick out is the Morecambe game away, four uh, three, obvious reasons. The one 0 win over Lincoln, I would say as well. I don't know. Just, I just don't think Tranmere will get well going into that Lincoln on such a good run, the top of the league, and I think that, like I've said before and on Twitter a couple of times, I think it sort of set the tone for the rest of the season that game. Um, and then more recent ones, probably the three-all draw at Watford, absolutely bonkers game, <laughs> um, and the Shrewsbury game as well, the, the late winner. I think they just really needed that goal. Uh, if they didn't win that one, obviously we don't know, but you do wonder whether they would have gone and got those wins yeah. at Grinson and Blackpool. So I think, yeah, there's there's just a few that stick out. So I'd probably say those were the ones that kind of stick out the most. Um, in terms of the low points, um, I think that sort of tough period they were on last season, the away re- when the away record sort of wasn't looking very good, I think it was five or six defeats in a row it was away from home and it was sort of towards uh, December, January time. Uh, you had like the Mansfield, Berry game, Crew, uh, that that run sort of the back end of the year, which wasn't the best. But um, and then this, this season has been tough at times as well with that eleven game winless run. And the, I think the most sort of frustrating thing with that was I said to a few people I think it was kind of like you were watching the same game over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of January, February, the Portsmouth game, Donk. I don't know. They all just seem to play out in the exact same way, all of them. So you could see the players were still trying, but it was just the same thing happening each time. And you could sort of predict when it was going to happen. You had like the encouraging start, and they might get into half time, sort of in the game still. But then I don't know why, but at the start of the second half, they just sort of switch off, and then see a couple of goals and you've got the, the sort of the set play obviously everyone's been talking about the set play goals the amount of goals you can see different set plays this season and it just got to a point where you're thinking oh, are they going to get out of this I don't know I, I was I think a lot of the guys who do the regular reporting like the likes of Rich uh, Matt I think we sort of were discussing it a few times about the season and I think everyone sort of still had that they could turn it around but there were sort of moments where it was just like oh, I don't know if they're going to do it if they keep playing like this and I felt I did feel a bit bad for Mickey as well um, during that period because there's only so much he can do regarding the tactics and it's up to the players to sort of implement his tactics on the pitch and I, I do think at the time perhaps they weren't carrying out as best as they could do um, so yeah I think that was probably a low point in that run as well but I think the problem is when you've got that that poor form as well everyone it sort of becomes a bit toxic doesn't it a little bit mm. Twitter and places, I think everyone sort of I think it's best just to switch it off to be honest when it's like that because you're going to get 
people arguing, uh, getting into arguments about, uh, just arguing among each other about silly things, and I don't know, it, it can get a bit messy when it's like that, so, uh, yeah, those are probably the lower points, I'd say, when it gets to like that. Yeah. Obviously, you've seen the, the promotion last season. How, how do you think the, the the team have sort of adapted to, to League One? Obviously, it's not it's not been as good as we'd all have hoped, and you know, we're sat in the relegation zone, but... How do you think that the the team has kind of adapted and sort of? I mean, I can I can probably say that we've improved over the course of the season, but it's it's been a bit of a slow burner, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I mean, they have definitely improved. That's that's definitely for sure. But um, yeah, that first game of the season, I think that was just a massive wake up call, wasn't it? Really, um, the Rochdale game. <laughs> I mean, I, I was not. I was definitely wasn't expecting that sort of performance uh, from Rochdale, but they completely played Tranmere off the park that game. I know the scoreline sort of doesn't really suggest it, but they, the two goals were right at the end, weren't they? And mm-hmm. I think no one would have probably complained at a three 0 from that game. So, and then after that, they sort of they did seem to improve. I mean, the away performance at Portsmouth. I remember that being quite a good good um, good game from Tranmere, two um, 0 to Portsmouth, but. They have improved definitely as it went on. Uh, I just think they were just getting caught out by, like I was saying, just them just the same mistakes. They were just being punished by it uh, over and over again. And I know Mickey and a lot of the players have all said the same sort of thing regarding that and the, the fact that you can't you can't afford to make those kind of mistakes in League One because you just get punished. Whereas in League Two, you might get away with it. I think that's something they've all kind of agreed on. Um, but obviously we've seen big improvement in the last three games in particular. Um, especially I think the, um, the Blackpool and Accrington game, the two, the last two, they definitely played a lot better and, and seemed to be sort of more in control in those games as well. Um, you could say the Shrewsbury game, they did nick it at the end. They did still play well. Uh, I know the, you might have seen that piece I did with the League One journalist recently. I know their report they described it as a smash and grab. I'm not quite sure about that, but uh, I don't I think it was a smash and grab, but they um, did ride their luck, obviously, towards the end. But yeah, the two performances, especially away from home as well, were very impressive. Yeah, I mean, you've... you've, you've am I right in saying you've, you've seen every game this season? Is that right? I have, yeah. Yeah. So you're probably best place to to comment, and well, I've I've not been that much away from home, but um, how how do you see if uh, let's assume that the rest of the season plays out, how do mm. you see the uh, the remaining sort of eight or nine games going? Well, before this was going to happen, I think everyone had sort of reached the conclusion that Chandler had a really good chance looking at it because the fixtures, it was just that mad period coming up where you have Wimbledon, MK Dons, um, all the teams sort of near Tramir in the table coming up. And I, I really would have fancied them to to get points out of all of those, possibly w- wins as well in all of them. Um, but I just don't know when they come back how it will have affected them and how the, how um, players' fitness will be as well. I think they will have... Um, like a mini pre-season, I think they're saying they will do if it does come back, but it's very hard to sort of predict how it would go now, given how up in the air everything is, but even if it does, if it does come back, I think they've still got 
enough in them to uh, to get through it. I think it, it's just that fighting spirit we've seen again uh, the last few games, and I think they they would find that again, even if it just comes back with different circumstances. So I think they've got quite a lot of fight in them, as they've shown. So I would still back them to to get out of it if it does come back. Yeah, I mean, um, be interesting to see the kind of how they would work the the fixtures because, as you say, we had sort of three games which looked on paper relatively easy, and then the yeah. six looked horrendous. If I'm honest, yeah, yeah, teams all battling for promotion. So it'd be interesting how they kind of schedule it all because a different kind of schedule could really work in our favour. I think um, maybe not sort of picking up points immediately, but. Um, you don't really want to be hanging on if you get those. So we had, for example, we we got three wins and got ourselves above the drop zone. Yeah. And then you've got six games against you know six really good teams. Mm-hmm. You really want to be hanging on and hoping that the likes of Rochdale and Wimbledon all lose <laughs> lose their last yeah. games as well. So it's uh, you know there's a lot to a lot to be sad for the uh, the kind of scheduling as well. Yeah, I think um, I've said to someone before about this season on like on the whole, um, it felt like just like a really long season before this happened anyway, because <laughs> uh, of all the sort of setbacks we've had with the the games being moved for the FA Cup, for the postponements due to the weather and the pitch. I don't know. It just um, the season just seems to have gone really slowly. I don't know for what reason. Um, Last season was the complete opposite. It seemed to go really quick. Because we were um, good but, last season. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But, but I don't know. And this has just dragged out even more now. And it's just... I can't see when this is going to end. This is, I don't know. But it's just a bit mad, really, This um, the way it's played out. I remember the being at that Blackpool game just about a month ago. That feels, feels like about 10 years ago, that game now. <laughs> yeah, it's, honestly, it, it feels like a lifetime ago, that Blackpool game. I don't think anyone just just um, predict would have predicted how quickly it's unfolded everything. I know people are sort of starting to be a bit more cautious of things when that Blackpool game was around, but I don't think anyone would have predicted it to play out like this the way it has done, the way I would have anyway, but there we have it. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned before that, you know, everyone... Um at the club has been sort of very sort of open and welcoming to you. What about the what about the players who've been sort of the the, the players you, the best players you've you've had to dealings with over the uh, the last couple of years? Yeah, the players um they've generally been quite good, a lot of the players. Um some of them are not always up for doing press, that kind of thing on the the press conferences. Uh that's why you might sort of notice a couple of players don't really you don't really hear from them that often. Um, and that's simply because a lot of them, well, not a lot of them, a few select few don't particularly like doing it. Um, I know Steve McNulty, we only spoke to him a couple of times last season, and he was sort of renowned for being someone who was not a fan of, uh, I'm sure you might have known that from your time at the club. <laughs> but, uh, you could talk the rest of the time, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there are some that don't like, don't enjoy it, um, so you don't hear from them as much, but, I think the obvious one, you can probably guess who it might be for the, the best content. Um, yeah, I think I remember you in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks to that, Mr. Norwood. 
Yeah, it's got to be Norwood. I think he's uh, yeah, he's very good to interview. I think he's um, just very honest with all his answers, and he's just a bit a bit of flair about him. The way he sort of answers the questions, uh, which some players maybe don't have, might just give you sort of a standard response. But he's definitely not one for doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, like you say, maybe you do that um, gym workout as well. When I went into the gym to find him for an interview as well. Um, I think apart from that, uh, there are a few other ones. Scott Davis is always good to interview. Um, very sort of to the point, very honest, even if they've lost, as I'm sure you would have seen in the Mansfield interview as well, the famous Mansfield interview. Um, Ridehouse is another good one, another good one to interview. Um, Oli Banks, to be honest, there's quite a good few in the current team we've got now. Uh, I did think Jay Harris was also quite good to interview last season as well. Um, that I think that sort of core group they had last season, that a lot of them that left, that they were all quite good to interview. I think it was just because they'd been at that club on that journey, so they were able to speak, I guess, in more detail about Tranmere's values and the team spirit, that kind of thing. So we liked Buxton, uh, Harris, Norwood those kind of players, I think they're able to sort of yeah, speak at greater length really than maybe some of the newer guys. Mm. Um, you do see sort of maybe the younger ones that aren't sort of as willing to do it. Um, sort of Blackett, Taylor, Hepburn, Murphy, they're not sort of... Uh, they're not. They're, to be honest, they are still good, but generally you'd find it's the older players that are kind of the best ones to interview, but Having said that, Kane Wilson is probably one of the best, actually, and he's 20, so maybe that doesn't apply for everyone. So, <laughs> yeah, it does depend on the person themselves, I suppose, really, more than anything. Yeah, and obviously you're relatively sort of new to, to covering the club. How, how have you sort of seen the development of the, the club as much as, as much as the team, sort of? Um, I know you've obviously done a couple of, of interviews with, with Mark Palios and... Yeah and sort of spoke about the plans for the club going forward. How, how bigger, bigger steps do you think that the club has made sort of off the pitch as, as much as on, on it? Yeah, I think they have a lot. And um, I think that's quite, well, it's telling really in the sort of the numbers that Mark has come out with in a lot of interviews, not just with me, just I know he's been doing a lot of interviews recently. Everyone's probably seen. Uh, he, I think the point he's making a lot of them is the fact that Tranmere are in a position now where with all that's going on at the moment they will still come out of this relatively sort of unscathed compared to other clubs that will probably struggle quite a lot and I think that's due to the work that's gone in off the pitch with the different projects, obviously the Santini investment has been quite a big thing for the club as well Um Mark's always sort of working on new projects all the time. Whenever I've been into his office, I think people have seen that whiteboard he has in his room. It's always filled with sort of new ideas all the time. And he's obviously someone who's, well, Tranmere, quite lucky, I think, really, to have Mark and Nicola in charge at the club because, because of all the hard work they do really off the pitch. And I think um, with their expertise, I think Tranmere really has sort of pushed on both on and off the pitch, like you say, and I think it's been helped by the cup runs as well. They've got a bit more exposure from those two Premier League games. 
Um, and yeah, I think they've always got something lined up around the corner, uh, exciting projects, always working with the community as well. So a lot of those will be put on hold at the moment, but I think you'll sort of see them all coming back, hopefully, after all this is kind of uh, finished, or if it does finish, that is. <laughs> yeah. There must be light at the end of the tunnel, surely. Well, I hope, yeah, <laughs> I think there must be, yeah. <laughs> so overall, you've you've probably enjoyed the last the last couple of years, Tom, is that fair to say? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, I think just from kind of a writing point of view as well, it's not, I don't think there's ever like a dull moment when you're covering Tranmere. Uh, well, from my experience anyway, because I know it's not been great this season in terms of trying to fight off relegation, but... I think with Tranmere, there always seems to be some sort of story attached to everything. It wouldn't just be, I know they always say, we never do things the easy way. Uh, and I suppose that's good in a way because you wouldn't want to be, I don't know, if I was a fan of a club like Rochdale or I was reporting on them uh, or Gilliam, that kind of team, and you were just constantly sort of middle of the table, uh, nothing to play for, nothing to aim for in terms of promotion, I just think that would don't know. Especially if you're reporting on it, there's, there's not really much you can kind of get fans interested about or there's kind of nothing you can uh, get an angle on if it's just a mid-table, you can't go one way or the other. So I suppose that that does make the job more enjoyable, the fact that Tramley have been going for promotion and then trying to stay up the two seasons I've been covering. So there's always been kind of a, a topic, if you like, throughout all of it. Um yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I think the players, like I say, have generally been really good to deal with. Football at times has been very good, particularly last season. And, yeah, the people at the club generally are very easygoing. Mark and Nicola and Rob and Jonathan, the guys in the media team. Um, and the fans as well. A lot of the fans uh, that I've spoken to generally have been very sort of easy to talk to, um, very open-minded regarding a lot of things so yeah it's been very good one person you haven't mentioned there is uh, Nicky Mellon <laughs> uh, yeah that's a good point actually <laughs> uh, how uh, how first of all how good a job do you think he's done from obviously taking the, the team up you know two levels in, in a matter of two seasons and uh, what, what's what's he been like to deal with as a you know as a reporter um yeah, firstly about the job he's done. I think, yeah, obviously he's done a great job at Tranmere. Um, and it wasn't sort of a surprise to see other teams being linked with him in the summer where you have that talk about Swansea coming in for him, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised really that his achievements have attracted other clubs because I think what a lot of people forget is that Tranmere are not sort of operating with a a massive budget like a lot of the clubs are in League 1 that are going for promotion that kind of thing uh, even in League 2 last season they managed to go up and if you look at what they spent and compare it to other clubs it's quite remarkable really um, you look at Mansfield for example in League 2 they're still stuck there I mean I thought they were definitely going to go up last season and then if you look at them this season now they're right down the, the bottom of the table even though they spent a big again this summer so yeah, I think the fact that he hasn't spent a lot of money is a big thing as well because I know he's mentioned that in a lot of interviews that if you've got better players, obviously you're going to, you're going to do well. And I think he did maybe have a bit of frustration 
in the window that he wasn't able to get all the players he wanted, maybe. I know you probably picked up on that from his interviews in January. Um, but what, with what he's working with, I think he's done a really good job um, sort of utilising loan signings. I think that's been really important to him. Uh, Woodyard, Kane Wilson, all these players that have been brought in on loan have really made a difference. So I think he's kind of had to make the best of what he's got, really, and, and try and do it from that sense. Um, and also, I've had the Murphy, like young players coming in from Aston Villa, the Blackett Taylor as well. So I think, yeah, they've had sort of different kind of transfer approaches. Uh, the, the other scale of that, the older players of Clark and Perkins. So, yeah, there is sort of a, there's obviously a lot of detail that does go into this planning for transfers. And I think generally, the, the January transfers have saved them a little bit the last two seasons. Uh, I think the only thing I would say is the summer recruitment that hasn't been the best last season and this season as well. Uh, I think that's the only thing that maybe says let him down. I think I think a lot of people could tell you that this season's summer recruitments haven't been the best, but yeah, he's done a very good job. Um, in terms of dealing with Mickey, yeah, he's he's usually very good. Um, I'm sure you've seen in uh, a lot of his press conferences, he does come out with quite a lot of funny quotes, um, some interesting quotes as well. Um, <laughs> But yeah, on the whole, he's uh, he's very good to deal with. Uh, if it's after a defeat, obviously, you can get... Uh, well, you've got to be a bit more careful, I guess, with with what you're asking him. Um, naturally, I think most managers would be like that, though. Um, yeah, and I, I think the thing about Mickey is I think he's always very honest. That's something I've always picked out from him, just from his, all his interviews and all, all the post-match interviews he's done. I think even if they lost the game, he'll he'll always be sort of to the point and say, yeah, we weren't good enough today. Uh, they they punished us for the mistakes we made. I don't think he's one of those managers that will sort of, you know, you see it quite a lot of managers that will kind of try and find any sort of excuse they can. I don't yeah. think um, Tranmere are like that. And I think I think that's real positive. Uh, his kind of mindset regarding uh, regarding losing and also winning as well. He never gets too too high or too low is the phrase he always uses but yeah he doesn't get overconfident either you'll, you'll hear him he'll be the first one to sort of say let's not get carried away if they've won a few games so I think his man management is, is very good sort of the way he controls the group and doesn't let, let player egos sort of get in the way of anything I think he's got a really sort of united dressing room and I think you see it on the pitch as well. The players, they go out there, they look like they're fighting for him as well. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, so just to conclude, um, yeah. confident that Tranmere can stay up should the should the season get back underway? Yeah, I yeah I think they will. Uh, it'll be interesting to see sort of how it does play out, like you said. Um, that first set of matches are obviously going to be the ones they're going to target the wins in. Um, I was just looking at the last few games they've got. It, yeah, it is a tough run, isn't it? Rotherham, Gillingham, Fleetwood, Oxford, Peterborough. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of tough games in there. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, they are to stay up, I think, next season. You'd hope they maybe push up the table a little bit, um, try and kick on from here. 
I think now that they've had that season kind of in League One, a bit more used to it, uh, the demands of the league, the intensity, that kind of thing, I think they'd be sort of uh, well-placed to, to have a more successful season next year, hopefully. Good stuff. Right, Tom, uh, keep up the good work, first of all. Thanks. And, uh, <laughs> thanks very much for uh, for giving up a bit of time. No self-isolation to okay, uh, have a bit of a break and, and speak to us so thank you very much and uh, yeah uh, no I enjoyed speaking to you Tom thank you yeah and you thanks